I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex. We are on a mission to teach you how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Don't forget to head on over to our website, shamelesssex.com, for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Shameless Sex Podcast. We're still in quarantine. We are day whatever. What is it? Um, it's been 147. Two months? Are no, we? It's over two months. It's Wait. since March no. 16th, I think. It's well, when I got it's all blending in. March 16th. I know. Right? It's May 11th when we're recording this. So, uh, yeah, it's been a while, Amy. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think that uh, it's starting to lift. But we Yay! staying healthy Woo! out there. Here we come, world. I'm coming outside. I'm going to let my, I don't know, my hair, hair down. down. Yeah. Let your hair down. Let your hair down, girl. In the wind. Nice. So this episode, we actually recorded with someone who is in Costa Rica, but they actually live in Ecuador. But because of the COVID virus, they had to stay in Costa Rica, but they were at a wonderful retreat place. Life did not sound terrible for them. Uh, her name is Piazza. You'll hear all about her in a bio. It's on circumcision and pelvic healing. I just talked about this episode to one of my really good friends that is, she's a mother and we were talking about circumcision. And I I was telling her about this episode because I learned so much and there's a lot of really great info from Piazza. So it's cool. She's doing a documentary on it too. So yeah, Yeah. a lot of interesting stuff. Um, We also have a testimonial. We have a sex question and we also want to play another little video clip. Just kidding. Audio clip because this is all in your ears and you don't get to see anything. Uh, And we did this, I think, a couple weeks ago with Sex Talk with My Mom podcast. We'll give you a little clip. We're doing uh, quarantine tips within our Pleasure Podcast Network where all the podcasts make these little funny clips or informative clips on their tips for quarantine life on how you can up your sex life and take care of yourself. Uh, this one is from Sluts and Scholars podcast. Uh, Nicoletta of Sluts and Scholars. She's awesome. She's a therapist. She was on our show actually talking specifically about soft cocks. And it was a fun episode we recorded in New York. So we're going to play. It's only like 45 seconds long. It's interesting. You'll learn some things. You'll like it. And if you love it, go listen to her podcast, Sluts and Scholars. April, are you ready? I love this. Here we go. Sluts and Scholars. Hi, this is Nicoletta Heidegger, therapist and sexologist and host of the podcast Sluts and Scholars. I'm excited to answer the Pleasure Podcast question of the month, which is, what is my number one sex tip for quarantine? If you're like me and haven't been feeling super sexy while you're anxious during a pandemic, get creative. Redefine what sex and pleasure mean to you. Expand the definition beyond penetration and see if you can find other ways to feel joy and pleasure with yourself or with a partner. If you need help getting the ball rolling, try a worksheet like the ones that accompany Emily Nagoski's amazing book, Come As You Are. And of course, check out the Sluts and Scholars podcast for more sexy support. So informative. What will you, will you apply this to your life, Chip? Already did. Nailed it. High five. High five from afar. We're still on Zoom talking to each other. She's not here. She's through video. (laughs) Um, Cool. Well. Uh, go check out Sluts and Scholars, Nicoletta's podcast. And if you want more, stay tuned in the next couple of weeks. We'll have more tips from other podcasts. Amy, are you ready for some podcast love? Yeah. I love podcast love. I just love love. So this is a testimonial and we love receiving testimonials. So thank you. And I love reading them. Here we go. Here we go. About love. I love your podcast. Being a Christian, all we have ever learned about sex is basically PIV when you're married. And I've known for years that there's so much more. Thanks, porn and Hollywood. But no one ever talks about it. 
just bringing up sex shamelessly with my Christian girlfriends, me being the one who's slept around is so liberating. And I'm telling them about you and how we should be more open around relationships. You are teaching me so much that I'm going to bring into future relationships. And when it comes to my future husband, everyone in church will be like, wow, they're glowing. Look at their energy and dynamic. And that's all going to be thanks to a fucking amazing sex life. So from the bottom of my heart, Thank you so endlessly much. I love what you're putting into this world. Oh, I hope you're glowing. I hope you're walking around church and everyone's like, damn, I want what they have. Oh, they must be having good sex. Maybe we should too. Oh, I love. I that. also wanted to make sure that the church goers sounded like, wow, they're glowing when they were saying that, like their energy and dynamic. So <laughs> they all had very deep voices in church. Uh, oh, did they? I didn't spend a lot of time in church, so I don't know. No, uh, when I was reading it, that's what I was Oh, in your world, in your head. (laughs) This is beautiful. Thank you for reaching out and and sharing that love for us. Thank you, listener. We love testimonials. We love positive feedback. We love all feedback. Actually, we win it even if it's non-positive. We all take it into account. Take all of it into account, I should say. Uh, And we love reviews. Go on iTunes and give us reviews. We love five stars. Amy, did you see how many views we got on our Instagram, IGTV, us reading bad reviews? What was it, like 7,000 or something? A lot of folks. Yeah. And we only posted it on Saturday. And it's pretty funny. It's I think. funny. So check it out. If you're not following us on Instagram, follow Shameless Sex Podcast and check out our IGTV. Just quick little clip that we did reading some of our favorite or slash favorite of our least favorite uh listeners that hate us i like the one from the self-proclaimed old geezer that was a good one yeah <laughs> that's cute are you ready for Ritual. a sex question yeah this person said we could use their name i believe um oh, i like, believe I, you're like i, I hope so <laughs> i mean we could just call him d but i could just I think- go beep beep <laughs> there you go. d ask we'll go with Derek because that's what he said i'm like 99 sure sorry if you didn't but i'm pretty sure that's what you said i just want to say i love your podcast and you too rock I have, haven't been happy with being circumcised for a long time. So I decided to do foreskin restoration and my current partner was against it. I kept bringing it up and finally she said, yes, since I, then I've started the sensitivity it has increased significantly. I guess my question is why are some women against foreskin? Is it different than giving oral on an uncut cock? It's part of the male body and I don't think it should be cut off. I love labia of all sizes. Thank you, Derek. So we put the sex question here because we're talking about circumcision in this podcast. And, and so to the listener, listen to this podcast because you will learn a lot more from what um, our guest is talking about. And they're doing a documentary on it and they have a lot of other stuff available on this this topic. Um, I personally don't know a lot about foreskin restoration, but you're not really asking about that in particular. You're asking about um, are, why are some women against foreskin? Is it different than giving or on uncut cock? And the idea about foreskin is very much like cultural. You know, at this point in time, you go to different cultures all over the world and people have different opinions about it. A lot of this comes from some folks' beliefs and then it gets stuck. And also there's the religious beliefs and then there's a lot of reasons. People just have different ideas. Some people don't like foreskin because it's what they've been conditioned to think. It's not normal. It's not clean. It's dirty. Uh, you know, it's gross. And just like the same thing with labias stuff too. Some people like think that labia should all look perfectly pink and symmetrical. And at the end of the day, like people are born with foreskin and all labia and penises all look different. Well, that's a great point. And culturally, it's so different. So in let's say Scotland, for instance, I know because of a specific Scottish person that I had hooked up with years ago, he was saying that he was one of the only circumcised people in there were, I think, and I know people hate uh, me giving bad statistics, so I won't give you the actual number, but it is really small amount of folks in Scotland, for instance, who are actually circumcised. And he would get made fun of for being circumcised Mm -hmm. in Scotland. He's like, because most folks aren't circumcised. So culturally it just differs, right? So if you're in a place like the U S circumcision was very common for many, many years. And so people were thinking that, Oh, it's cleaner. Oh, it has this. Or so it just, obviously there is nothing wrong with having your penis have a foreskin. And this podcast will show you Piazza has some awesome information that it actually is, it is cutting off some of your ability to have more pleasure. And if you are circumcised, awesome. 
obviously everyone out there that I've ever slept with that has had a circumcised penis, um, you know, that it seems like no one's ever complained about it. They're, they don't know because they've probably had that penis circumcised since they were a little baby. And yeah. culturally and then religiously, like you said, uh, our people are very, you know, they get stuck in their their viewpoints of why something should be some specific way. So it's good to to open up the mind. I think it's, I mean it's different strokes for different folks. And my my perspective is like it's your body. You decide what you want for your body. You know, you you want foreskin, rock your foreskin. You don't want foreskin, then you don't have to have foreskin. I mean, it's not that easy to just press a button and it's gone. Um, and if you have you had your foreskin removed, there's actually ways to work with that. Like this person's doing foreskin restoration. And I think Piazza talks about various exercises and things that you can do to bring back sensitivity and, and heal that skin. We don't, April and I don't stand for yes, foreskin or no foreskin. We're big believers in it. It's our own body. So we get to decide the whole part about um, is it different than giving aura on an uncut cock? So if a cock is hard, um, oftentimes it just pulls the foreskin back and maybe it's a little bit different, but it's not that significant. In fact, foreskin is self-lubricating. And when you remove it, actually the cock doesn't lubricate itself or under that, that foreskin anymore because it's gone. Those glands dry up. So in fact, for oral hand jobs, et cetera, for vaginal sex or any penetrative sex, Foreskin can be great because it can add extra lubrication. If there's a lot of foreskin there, even when the cocks are, there can be still be some excess foreskin, and you can just work with it. You, if you're giving oral, you can pull it back. You can, you mean, or maybe maybe use it as a nice jack off device. So there's different ways to um, work with it, but we don't have a particular stance on that. And, and everyone's different. I know some people that really like foreskin, and then some people who don't. And whether it's their belief is that it's their social conditioning, or some people just don't question it. They just like I don't like it, but they don't really know why. And um. That's their opinion. But if you want it, you rock it and listen to this podcast and you'll learn more. But you do you. I'm into it. I like it. And I like that they like labia of all sizes. Yes. All right. So shall we go into the bio? Yes, please. All right. Piazza Nico Sif, certified somatic sexologist, sexological body worker, and speaker, is the author of the Intimacy Adventure Playbook. She has recently begun directing her first full-length documentary film, Healing the Hidden Wound, Sex, Spirit, and Circumcision. Piazza's journey of healing her own early childhood trauma has inspired her passion to share the profound benefits of somatic sex education around the world. She offers private sessions, group, and individualized retreats where she creates a platform for participants to discover a tangible sense of safety in the body. Her unique approach addresses, releases, and supports the healing of the sexual conditioning and trauma, which has touched so many of us in the world today. To learn more, visit intimacyadventure.com. We're going to get to the show, but first, I just want to tell Amy, your hair looks absolutely fabulous. Have you been doing something different? What are you doing? Ah, Chip, aren't you the sweetest? I do have pretty great hair. I also have very long, thick, wild, curly hair, and this is why I'm very particular about the hair products I use. And also why I'm a huge fan of one of our beloved sponsors, Function of Beauty. Function of Beauty makes shampoos and conditioners customized for your exact hair type. I went online, I took their simple hair quiz, and they customized the perfect products for my lioness hair, and I even got to choose my fragrance and color. I chose the rose scent, and I can't can't stop burying my face in my own hair. OMG, Chip, I know. I've been using my customized formula and love how silky and soft my hair feels. I love that Function of Beauty offers products that never have sulfates, parabens, phthalates, or any other harmful ingredients I always try to avoid. You can even get your formula free of fragrance and dye. So for all you hair owners out there, go to functionofbeauty.com shameless and take the simple four-question hair quiz, just like Amy, and you will save 20% off your first purchase. Don't spend another minute in hair misery. Go to functionofbeauty.com shameless to let them know that we sent you. That's functionofbeauty.com slash shameless. And now back to the show. All right, everyone. It is episode time. We are here with Piazza, as you already heard in the bio. She's with us from Costa Rica. This is very exciting from a whole other country from afar. Welcome, Piazza, to our show. And how is Costa Rica right now? 
Thank you. So good to be here. Um, Costa Rica is amazing. I feel incredibly blessed <laughs> to be here in this beautiful nature, this Pachamama. I bet I could use some of that Pachamama right now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I get my little, my little nature moments here and it's definitely medicine for me, but I've, yeah, I've been to Costa Rica many times. There's something extra magical about the land there. So yeah, I will be living vicariously through you. Um, let's dive in. And the first question that we always start with, with our, all of our guests is tell us how you got to be where you are today in this journey, in this the realm of human sexuality. And I'll just add to that. What inspired you to write the book, The Intimacy Adventure Playbook? Okay. Thank you. Um, well, let's see. I do remember at one point in high school saying, I'm going to be a sex therapist when I grow up. And then I completely forgot that idea. And years later, I ended up, um, I was a massage therapist and I became a tantric massage therapist. And I was working in a women's temple in the San Francisco Bay Area. And there was a woman that I met um, who was part of the group there who was going to the Institute for Advanced Studies in Human Sexuality in San Francisco and doing the sexological bodywork training with Joseph Kramer. And so I got really inspired and I, I took this class. I did the certification and training and, you know, that really just got me more on that path. But really going way, way, way back to my early childhood, I would say that the, the um, molestation and sexual abuse that I experienced is what got me on this path because it, it became, it was like a double-edged sword. I had a very strong interest in sexuality and a big drive to heal myself at the same time. Mm -hmm. So then um, after going to the sexological bodywork training, I worked with um, Jack Painter doing pelvic heart integration and Ray Stubbs and just a lot of really amazing teachers. Betty Martin has been a really powerful um, influence and teacher in my life. And um, I wrote the Intimacy Adventure Playbook because I wanted to help people bring more intimacy and communication and connection into their relationships. So it's a book where um, couples can explore exercises that are going to bring more intimacy based on or exploring through meditations that they, that they can share together, uh, touch exercises, and dialogue, communication. And the reason that I created this really is also because Intimacy, I believe, is something that needs to be cultivated. You know, many, many, many times people think, oh, we've been in a relationship, we really know each other, but it's something that has to be cultivated. It doesn't just happen. Is it like a choose your own adventure book? Yeah, yeah well, it sounds really cool. Like, a, it's a work, not a workbook, but kind of like a that's what I'm picturing it as. I haven't read it, but I, I like the idea of this. I actually had a digital card deck made, so you can go to my website. And um, click on the on the card deck, and it'll shuffle the cards. And then you click again, and it gives you a card. So you can go to that place in the book. And so it's kind of like having an oracle telling you what do you need to do right now? What do you need to cultivate? Because there's a lot of different places that the book focuses on. And that's that's amazing because it's so difficult, especially if you've been in a long term relationship to keep the intimacy going and spicy and interesting. And you lose that sort of that drive to want to keep things fresh. So uh, I like the choose your own adventure aspect. That's awesome. I'm going to check, I'm going to check that out ASAP. So I, I have a question. So this is such an, a great topic that we're going to dive into and circumcision. We've actually never really talked about it on the show. And mm. obviously it's, it's a topic that I, it, I mean, I obviously am not a penis owner, right? So for me, I'm a little, uh, I, I've never had a solid opinion about circumcision because I'm like, I don't really, I don't have a child to even make a decision about that with or anything. And anyway, long and short of it, I'm really kind of excited to sort of open up on this topic. Mm. So the question is, let's, I guess, let's talk about circumcision. Uh, it's, it's, it's like one of those topics that I feel like it's almost like you're pro or you're not right with circumcision. So it could get heated. I've been in heated conversations before with people about it. I'm like, okay. So I guess, what do you think, what should people know about circumcision? And also what inspired you to do the work that you do around this? 
Okay. Um, well, you know, so I was studying scar tissue remediation, which generally was for for women who've had episiotomies or there's been some kind of there's some kind of scar tissue in the genital area. And um, and it just really dawned on me because the, the class that I was taking didn't include men or people with penises, rather. And so it just dawned on me, you know, there's this ring scar on a circumcised penis. And I just started going down a whole entire rabbit hole with that um, and studied, did find some information from Caffin Jesse, I believe her name is, um, teaching scar tissue remediation for people with a penis. And, you know, I'm actually, you know, in, in creating the, the content that I am around circumcision, um, I'm not trying to say it's good or bad, but I'm bringing information about it. And as I started getting in touch with other professionals and asking them, what do you think the impact is on an individual when they've been circumcised? So I talked with, um, you know, therapists and people who work with fascia and, you know, Tantra, people in Tantra. And so, you know, some of the things that I came up with, um, you know, to understand a lot more deeply is definitely around attachment, for one. Um, if you are a baby and you are held down um, by your arms and your legs and circumcised, then this is, this is quite a betrayal in a sense, you know, it's, it's quite shocking to the nervous system and really interrupts the ability to create a healthy attachment. Um, so, you know, I, I've heard it said that 5% of Americans actually have secure attachment um, to begin with. But so this is, and it's, you know, the body itself goes into fight, flight, or freeze. And, you know, for a while they were thinking, doctors were thinking that babies were just going to sleep when they were getting circumcised, but actually they were going into such a deep freeze state from such a deep state of shock um, that they appeared that they were sleeping. And then at one point they had to come out with like, oh, wow, doctors discovered that babies actually feel. Yeah. And, you know, so they were doing this without anesthesia. And what we actually know now is that babies, if you touch them, like, say on their arm or on their hand, they actually feel that in their entire bodies because they're so sensitive. So my question became, well, at what point does one work the trauma from the freeze out of the system? Or does this just come into relationships as this sense of betrayal or I don't feel safe around my genitals or like that, right? So that's one aspect. Um, another is this is the governing vessel meridian, this um, this line, this center line down, down our body that goes, you know, like passes through our nose and all the way down through the center of the chest, through the belly button, right? This is governing vessel meridian. This is our connection. Um, if you look into um, tantric practices between heaven and earth, right? So if there's any kind of break in this meridian, there's a disturbance in the field. And so how, how and when does one you know, get that, that connection going again, if, if we don't even know that that happened. And then there's the scar tissue level, um, where that scar happens, there's adhesions that, that, you know, the collagen starts to lay down, and adhesions happens, and that can, you know, make less mobility with the penis as well. And I've talked about this with a lot of different um, people, it, you know, with knowledge around this kind of subject. And it's like, there is a concept that it is perhaps what leads to, or is a contributing factor to erectile dysfunction later on in life, or problems with the prostate, because adhesions go into the body and kind of hold that that's the fascia, the adhesions are fascia that get frozen. 
Well, I I think it's fascinating that the part that you said about, okay, oh, we're realizing that babies can feel. And, you know, we have all this stuff, information coming out now about trauma in general. And, or you just think of like sexual abuse and about how, you know, a a young person, a baby could be sexually abused, not remember it, but later in life, it affects them somehow. They don't have the memory of it per se, but their body, there's like, you know, the book, The Body Keeps the Score, The Body's Brilliant. It retains knowledge of trauma. And so it's interesting to me that there's a, there are a lot of conversations about that going on right now, that people having either repressed memories or just no memories, but their body knowing something went down, you know, so that, and I may have only been, you know, a year old or six months and I don't remember it, but my body sure remembers. And now there's just some sort of um, block or uh, traumatic response coming up there, trauma response. But we're, so we're having a lot of those conversations now in the psychology world, but not a lot of conversations about this, you know, about the actual sec- the traumas that happen um, when, when people are young that are surgical traumas, you know, medical-based traumas, there's some that need to happen, right? Like you need, you know, babies need to have some sort of heart surgery or something because it's a life or death situation. So, but it's, it's, it's just interesting that, that because this seems to be something that's so widely practiced and accepted as the norm, at least in Western culture, and I know it's different culture to culture, uh, yet the traumatic part of it is just kind of disregarded. And I'll say here, my... You know my stance on on circumcision, um, personally, my personal stance. I'm not going to tell anyone what they should think. Everyone gets to choose for themselves. My personal stance kind of coincides with uh, you know with anything in a sex. Same with um, gender reassignment surgery, right? Where where the parents or adults are choosing for the baby before that the baby or that human gets to decide for themselves. And later on in life, the surgery's already happened. The trauma's already happened. They can't take it back. And, and here's the tricky thing with circumcision, right? I do know adults have been circumcised. I know people that chose to get circumcised in their teenage years because they wanted to be quote unquote normal. Um, or they actually had uh, issues with the foreskin kind of getting stuck. That is a thing, right? Where the, the head of the penis can't move through. It's really uncomfortable. I actually know adults who in their 60s got circumcised in shows because they felt like that foreskin was getting in the way of their self-pleasuring practices. But I personally was loving that they got to choose, you know, that exactly. have it on the table. But, but, but then here's the tricky part. I also understand the healing process is more is is uh, slower and more challenging later on in life. One erections, <laughs> those you know healing healing a uh, healing force the tissue when you get an erection is not quite not very comfortable and um and our healing capabilities change so and anyway, anyways I think all of these are really really interesting to consider here. Um, so what would you say though for folks who uh, have been circumcised and what's available to them. You know, so what are some of the symptoms and things they might be be experiencing or seeing? You talked about erectile dysfunction, um, probably some stuff with the tissue. But what are some of the ways that they can actually heal their tissue and themselves um, if they've been circumcised? Great, thanks. Um, so let's see. There's a couple things that I want to say. You know, the foreskin does have thousands of, of nerve endings that add to our pleasure, to, to the pleasure of the penis. So when that's taken away, there is desensitization that happens. And this covering um, makes it so that the, the skin underneath is, it just gets hardened over time. I just wanted to add that to, you know, there's actually more things to the consequences of circumcision, but I want to go back to what you were saying about consent is that circumcision of infant babies is something that happens without their consent. And one of the consequences of things happening to us without our consent is that we're taught to go along with somebody else's agenda. So that means, um, how does that show up? That shows up having difficulty saying no, being a people pleaser. Um, You know, it's like we have um, direct and indirect we can receive pleasure indirectly and directly, right? So I can get pleasure directly through my own experience or I can get pleasure because I'm giving somebody else pleasure and things that happen to us as a very, at a very young age. Um, it could be even as simple as I don't want to eat this food, but you know my mom's going to give it to me anyway and I'm refusing and shaking my head saying, no, I don't want it. 
but I received it anyway. And at one point I go, oh, okay. It's easier for me to just do what she wants me to do because then everybody's happy, right? So, so going along with somebody else's agenda, what can we do about that? It's really about relearning a re-education and I would recommend a somatic education of learning what it is that we like within our own bodies um, so that we can know for ourselves and also so that we can communicate this with our lovers. Um, this is how we can have a better sex life you know, and better communication around our sexuality. But even just in, in simple everyday life, you know, there's a lot of people with a penis out there that, you know, are people pleasers. That is one of the consequences is that we forget um, how to say no. And something that I like to share with my clients is that a no to somebody else is a yes to me, to myself, right? So reclaiming our yeses and our nos is one way that we can do that. Um, something else is I found shaking to be an incredible practice to discharge um, trauma from the system. <clears throat> because when that happens, if we're talking about circumcision, but we're talking about any kind of trauma that happens, if we go into the freeze or appease state, all of the stress hormones that got released into our system are now frozen in the cells. Um, so I had personal experiences with shaking. I, you know, I had a lot of anxiety and depression um, growing up. I had PTSD. And so I spent a lot of years trying to heal that. And I can tell you that trauma is a physiological experience. And so talking about trauma um, can be helpful to be witnessed and to, to share our story um, and the truth is, is that those stress hormones that got released when we had a trauma are still in the system if we've never discharged them. So shaking, getting, accessing the automatic tremor response in our own bodies uh, is a way to release or discharge the trauma from our cells. And so animals in the wild, I'm, I imagine that you probably already know this, but to the listeners out there, um, when an animal is being chased by a predator. Uh, when they escape the, the chase, the predator, they will go off and they will shake it out. They'll shake it off, right? So we have expressions in our, in our languaging, you know, like shake it off or shaking with rage, you know? So when I, before I discovered that I could heal myself through somatic experience, I had a lot of shaking in my system, you know, just shaky hands like that. And what it really was, what I understand it to be, was I wasn't really fully allowing myself to go into the shake, to go into that tremor response. So we can actually shake our bodies. Um, shake, I, I often recommend to people like shake to music. And I've created some music for this. So shaking to music um, for a period of time and, and using that as a practice to discharge the system. That's so cool. My dog always does that. And I Mine was too. wondering what he was doing. Like whenever he gets, he gets like really energized and then he just like, oh, he always, it like, I always said that he was clearing the energy, like clearing yeah. the space. And it doesn't happen when he's scared and it happens like all the time. Just when I put on his harness to take him up. And, uh, I've, <laughs> that is so interesting. I didn't know that that was an actual, uh, like there's like a methodology behind, I mean, I, I assume at least to shaking. And I guess that maybe the frequency at which you shake could also help depending on the level of trauma. I did some, uh, well, Amy and I both received body work from a sexological body worker that was on our show. And she had recommended using castor oil on areas of trauma. Would that work for a circumcision as well for a circumcised penis to heal some of the area? Yeah. So scar tissue remediation for circumcision is very simple. Um, it really consists of, and for any scar actually, is really about pinching and rolling the scar tissue. Mm -hmm. And so castor oil is excellent. That really helps to heal um, very, very minute amounts of helichrysum diluted in the castor oil, very, very, very minute. Um, that, cause that is an essential oil that helps to release trauma as well. Um, deals with shock and trauma. 
And so scar tissue remediation for um, circumcision scars is, you know, it's going in and it's, it's pinching and rolling and it's helping to break up the fascia, which is frozen. It's breaking up the adhesions. It can help to create more mobility um, of the, the skin on the shaft. And also from my experience working with, with my clients and having them do this as homework is that it's also getting them more in touch. It's like a self-loving practice. And it's getting back in touch with this area of their body that they did experience trauma. And I have to mention too, that as I started coming out with this information, a lot of men have contacted me saying, I have been dealing with, you know, like having flashbacks of their circumcision experience. So there are, you know, for a lot of people it's repressed, but there are people who've been remembering it or people who are feeling very angry about that. Or when they find out that the foreskin, how much pleasure, you know, nerves, um, nerve endings were in the foreskin, they feel ripped off. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, literally and <laughs> yeah, literally, literally and physically. And yeah. Yeah. sadly. Yeah. So, so there's, um, so the scar tissue remediation, I feel like helps, helps people to confront that trauma, mm-hmm. to, to look at it, to come back into contact with what are those emotions and hopefully to, you know, have some support and to work through those emotions to release them and working with the the scar tissue is working with the cellular memory as well. Yeah. I I found that fascinating when I learned that the foreskin, well, first of all, I learned this first. I learned that the foreskin has uh, a ton of nerve endings, you know, and everything's here for a reason. We're like, why do we have eyebrows? They're here for a reason. Why do I have a belly button? Well, that's good. This is how we're connected to our mommies um, for, for food and life. Um, and foreskin is there for a reason and that there's a ton of nerve endings. And then when you remove, and also under there, fun fact, everyone, produces its own natural lubrication under the foreskin. When you cut that off, don't those glands, they dry up. And now that part's gone and then it develops more of like a rough surface on the head of the penis as part of rubbing on pants and clothing and things. And it's just what happens over time. Um, and then I also learned that embryologically, you know, our parts are all the same. They're just put in different places. So, you know, foreskin of a penis is the same as the the skin on the clitoral hood, right? You know, it has, and my clitoral hood, one, has a lot of nerve endings. Two, is there to protect some very precious cargo that I would like to keep protected. Thank you. Um, and so I just find these, these little bits and pieces fascinating. And one thing I want to ask you about, um, so I got in a, this is not related to foreskin, but it's related to scar tissue. I got into a, um, into a car accident in late December and I have, uh, a right above, you're not gonna be able to see it, it's tiny, but right above my eye, I have this, uh, little mini scar. It was a gash that got hit by a window. It was bleeding, cut, could have used a stitch, but I didn't get one. And now there's a scar tissue there. And what I notice, what I'll do sometimes, I'll take some sort of like oil or lotion and rub it. And I and I can rub it in such a way where or it just feels like it disappears, but then it comes back. So can you explain a little? Do you know a little more of how that works? Like it's a over time as I if I keep doing that, will it come back less and less, or is it something we'll kind of always do that? I would imagine. I'm not a fascia expert, but um, I would imagine that it would because what you're doing is you're breaking up that 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 frozen fascia. So you could also maybe rather than just pressing on it mm-hmm. is like pinch it yeah. between okay. your um, point your finger and your thumb. Mm-hmm. And that's also what, what one would be doing on the circumcision scar yeah. or scars, you know, partners can work on um, somebody with uh, episiotomy scars, you know, that, because that's going to help to create more um, movement and sensation, like, cause the energy can flow, the circulation can happen, mm-hmm. which is, all of what we want in, you know, that's the goal of, of everything is relaxation, circulation, expansion, you know, so that we can be more receptive to pleasure. And we had, when April and I did our, I don't know if this happened with you, April, when you had the sexological body work session, um, but if they, if you discovered, um, did you, did, uh, Dolly discover parts in your body, April, that were painful? Like, painful spots where she was doing some remediation? There was just one kind of area uh-huh. that was the focus. Um, 
Yeah. And I found, so, and I, and I did session, a session with her and I did a couple with another sexological body worker. And this is what you, so you do these, these sessions with people, hands-on sexological body work. Yes. Okay. Yes. And yes. I found it so fascinating that, that, that they would, the practitioner would find a spot. Well, I found the spot, but they would find it through you know their touch. And then I'm the one that checked with my body and just discovered that there was pain there. And that they would just do is that, you know, kind of remediation holding or um, some light kind of, um, not kind of, kind of pinching, but without it being painful. Um, and, and in a matter of anywhere between five to 30 seconds, either the pain would shift or get, get, you know, lessen up or it would move somewhere else. And it was just so yeah. fascinating to see. And I think a lot of people are just out of touch with, um, with this, it, this part, this part of their body, we're overriding and not even noticing where's the numbness, where's the pain. You know, we just think everything is just as it is without knowing that maybe there's is some possibility for healing as a means of having more sensation, uh, less pain when we didn't, maybe we didn't even know that there was pain and discomfort, um, et cetera. So I, I just find all this absolutely fascinating. And this like, I could go down this rabbit hole forever. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, with the, with the pelvis, when we experience a threat in our, our pelvis is one of the first areas, the muscles in our pelvis are one of the first areas that we tighten up. Right. So, you know, even if we're just walking down the street and we sense like, Oh, is somebody behind me? And we feel a little nervous. The first place that's going to to tense is, is around our anus and in, in our pelvic floor muscles. So, um, you know, yeah, I do, pelvic floor release work um, as part, you know, sexological body work can be everything from working with boundaries, finding our yeses and our noes, um, body mapping, um, uh, conscious, you know, self-pleasuring, uh, masturbation meditation, orgasmic yoga, and um, pelvic release work. I've been really doing a lot of lately and it's just, and I've been guiding people online at now um, that, you know, everything is happening as it is in this moment of our lockdown. Um, but, and the pelvic, pelvic release work is like myofascial release work. It's like very gentle work. And it's like what you were describing. It's going inside and people can do this themselves. Um, it's either working in the anus or in the vaginal canal, going inside and just coming into contact with a point inside and noticing what is the sensation in there and like as you said it could be numb it could be burning um for many people when i when i do this kind of work there's people will just have a like oh god i just remembered going to the gynecologist and having a speculum in me mm -hmm. you know that can even be traumatic for you know it's like and the the body the issue is in the tissues right it holds it there so by just bringing awareness presence and attention to, to places in the body, we can transform so much. It's, it's really so simple. Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast is made possible by OMGS.com. OMGS is a research-based online program that teaches you all about how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied thousands of vulva owners to find out how they orgasm and then made tasteful and inspiring short videos to show you techniques on how to pleasure yourself or another vulva. I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and has changed their lives. So for all you vulva owners or vulva lovers out there who may already be having good orgasms and you want to take it to the next level, or perhaps you want to explore more variety in your playtime, OMGS will have something just for you. With two seasons, one all about internal and the other all about external techniques, it's better than any book or DVD money can buy. To learn more, visit omgs.com backslash shameless. Our listeners get $5 off. Check it out. This podcast was also made possible by UberLube. It's a luxurious silicone lubricant great for all kinds of sex. It's less likely to throw off the pH than most other lubes. And there are hundreds of doctors who recommend UberLube to their patients, whether they want to make their hot sex even hotter or for folks who are experiencing dryness. You never knew lube could be this good. So whether you're an avid lube lover or you've never used lube before, 
Uber Lube is right for you. It has no flavor, no scent, and feels absolutely amazing on the body. Uber Lube has endless uses. I use it to tame my hair frizzies, to prevent chafing, and I even put some in my mouth right before an oral sex session, and it totally ups my blowjob game. Oh, and the bottle, it's gorgeous. It's totally discreet and looks more like a beautiful cosmetic product, so you can even leave it on your nightstand shamelessly. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com. Use code SHAMELESSSEX and you get 10% off and free shipping. That's uberlube.com. Go check it out. And now back to the show. So the the benefits that someone would get from doing that work then, you know, so someone does that, that work and I kind of talked about that a little bit more too, more sensation, less pain, et cetera. Um, is there anything else that, that why someone would want to seek that, that out and what that could do for them? Yeah. Releasing trauma, um, releasing, you know, I find a lot of people are releasing old lovers, you know, they'll just, somebody will pop into their mind. And so re- I do, you know, kind of, I don't know what to call it exactly, energetic work. I also worked with um, Ray Studs who does um, sexual shamanism. You know, it's like, oh, okay, that person just popped up into your mind. So, you know, is there some, you know, do you want to release some cords with that person or what? Or, you know, sending them away or saying, I give you back any and all energy that I ever took from you. And I take back any and all of my energy that I ever gave away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just creating some completion, you know, in Taoist sexology for, um, you know, it's like we can hold our, the energy they say for seven years, the energy of the lover who has been inside of us. So, you know, releasing, so releasing old connections, old ties to old lovers, um, relieving pain, painful sex, um, more pleasure and sensation. And even actually, yes, one more thing to add to that would be uh, lower back pain, mm. um, pain in menstruation. Um, there's, a, you know, that whole pelvic bowl and that whole hammock of, of muscles, when they're contracted, they're connected to our hips and our, our back. So, you know, we can find contact um, internally to release other places that we might not have thought of being connected with our pelvis. Sounds like there's just so much tapping into your own self-awareness that we, even if you don't think of yourself as experiencing some sort of trauma, sometimes your body may hold on to that even without you sort of being aware of it. I didn't think that my vulva or vagina was holding on to trauma until someone actually went in there and it wasn't a sexual experience uh, at all, right? It was, it was a learning for me at least. And, and it did really help me release some, some trapped energy that was, that was stored in my vulva. And I feel like if I continued on that journey and on that process, I would probably be even more in tune with my own pleasure and helping communicate what my desires are and where it feels good to be touched to a partner. Mm -hmm. So it's all, it's, it's like a continuation. There's all sorts of work that can be done and it's not even wooey. It's actually quite, scientific as well right i i there yes. is there's a, there's some there's a lot Value of research memory is a real thing yeah totally totally epigenetics is a real thing mm-hmm. we're discovering more and more even just taking on the you know and one thing that popped up when you said that i i absolutely agree and, and sexological body work is a somatic sex education it's where we learn about our own bodies and um you know what about all the times that one has sex when they weren't actually ready that is traumatic to the body right you know there's big traumas and small traumas what about walking down the street and getting catcalled you know i mean these are ways that we want to protect ourselves and where do we store that where you know we're storing a lot of that in our pelvis which is around our sexuality and survival our safety Mm-hmm. Or those times where you didn't really want to, I mean, I remember being like 14 or 15 and hooking up with, I didn't have, you know, PIV sex with him, but I was fingered for instance, and Ooh, I really wasn't ready banging. for, yes, I was, it was really, it was not, it, but I didn't consider it to be traumatic because I wasn't raped or I wasn't, uh, but it was on some level, it was me 
being just in this compliant space and doing it because I almost felt as though I should, or I have to, I'm 14, he's 22. This is what I should be doing. Right. So that is, that is, I, I never really thought about it as affecting my sexuality or my, my, even my pleasure experience later in life. And now that I am 37, I, I, do know that my body has probably held on to those things. And now there's research that even backs that feeling. So I love this. I love yeah. this, these, this information, this topic, it's so relevant. And even if you are circumcised or you're not circumcised, I think, uh, also the pelvic floor aspect is really great too. We've had a pelvic floor specialist, a, a doctor on the show before talking about just the benefits of, of even tapping into, uh, your pelvic floor and what it can do to just help release that. Are there any tips for if you cannot see a pelvic floor specialist or someone that like someone like you to work with? Are there something that folks can do out there to yeah. help their pelvic floor health? Absolutely. You know, um, most people, I think it was like 70 something percent of people have a hypertonic pelvic floor. That means that it's overly tensed, right? And I've, you know, there's been so much about the yoni eggs and doing Kegels and all these things, but, and so that's for tightening the pelvic floor. But what we are finding out, what um, pelvic floor specialists do understand is that there's too much tension, right? And that can even cause some of the um, issues with the bladder that people think that they need to do the Kegels for. So what I like to teach clients is the reverse Kegel. Um, so this is about relaxing the pelvic floor and the way that you can do that is, you know, sitting relaxed or laying relaxed and you can visualize a rose bud, a rose bud at the perineum. And on, with the inhale, you're seeing this bud flower and bloom. And so when you do this in real time, <laughs> I think you'll see the, the, the sensation and the relaxation. So you're breathing in, inhaling, and this flower is blooming. And then just exhaling without squeezing, right? So when I did the pelvic floor training that I um, got certified in, we learned like, I don't know, multiple different kinds of Kegels, which is including the reverse Kegel and, and the other Kegel in different kinds of combinations because you can determine, um, you know, how tight the pelvic floor is by, you can place your own fingers into your vagina and squeeze and see how easy it is to let go, right? or how easy, how difficult it is maybe to tighten, to know if you need to relax or tighten your pelvic floor. But so anyway, the, the reverse Kegel is one tip for relaxing the pelvic floor. Um, and I also, you know, I always love to get, when I work with groups, I, I always love to get people putting their hands on their hearts and their hands on their genitals and doing breathing also publicly because this helps to release some of the shame around the sexuality, you know, just, you know, it's such a simple exercise. And for myself, it's just like so easy, but I, you know, have had the feedback, like, wow, I've never had my hand on my genitals with a group of people before, you know, so in, and, and, and wow, that was okay. So you can place your hand on your genitals and on your heart and, and breathing in this pelvic heart connection and, and sending energy to the pelvic area sending breath to the pelvic area and love and just allowing, giving permission, you know, every, where attention goes, energy flows. So with intention, we can do a lot, even relaxing our pelvic floor, um, over exercising, uh, you know, creates a tight pelvic floor, not having good ergonomics can affect the pelvic floor. Yeah, there's a lot but that's a all, little bit. All of it. Wearing too many high heels during the day, high heels over, yeah. over the course of many years. I, I feel you on that. Well, yeah. this was such a really incredible learning experience for me. The, it, some of this information is, is gold. And I think our listeners will absolutely love and value everything you shared. So thank you for taking the time and spending a little bit of your Costa Rican day with us. And <laughs> It's an absolute pleasure to talk with you and hopefully we can see you sometime again. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I would love to. So and thank you so much. Can I mention yeah. one more thing? Yeah. 
Yeah. And I want to also say, how do people work with you? How do they yes, find that, you? That, yeah. That's what I was going to say too. I was like, wait, how can okay. I work with you? Yes. Um, I will share that. I just want to share one more thing is for people who have been circumcised. Um, I understand that some of this information can be, you know, shocking in the end and there can be feelings of denial or, you know, anger or rage around this issue or sadness. And so I really invite you to, to do the scar tissue remediation and bring love to this area and know that, you know, life is not over. You, you can still experience sensation. You can expand sensation into your entire body. Um, there's also restoration, but it's a device that goes onto the remaining um, skin from before the circumcision happened and it waits and stretches um, the, the skin that is existing there to create a, a foreskin. So. I've never heard so of it, but yeah, that's, that's, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's called the tugger. It's called oh. the tugger. So it, and it's, you know, I don't know that this is the, the most comfortable device to wear, but I have worked with quite a few people with a penis who have been penises who have been circumcised, um, who said that they really love it because now the skin is covering more of the penis and so there's a lot more moisture there. And also in sex, there's the rolling action, which is one of the other um, functions of the foreskin. So that is also available. And I just, because I know that bringing up this subject can sometimes um, be traumatic. Uh, but the truth is um, that it's not really true that what you don't know can't hurt you. It's frozen in the cells. It's the environment, right? So any of that trauma is still there. So it's better to bring it up and out. And how do and, people uh, find you and work with you and all, all your things, your website, your, if you're, a, I don't know if you're a social media person how, and you do online sessions in your book. Oh my gosh. So many. <laughs> yes. Um, so I have not been much of a social media person, but in these days, just now I have been starting to make videos on YouTube and my channel is Piazza Nikosif. Um, and right now, actually, I just put out a little trauma series. I'll keep working on it. But if people go to my website, intimacyadventure.com, and sign up for my newsletter, I have some music and a little um, video that I made describing the shaking exercise that we talked about before. Um, so, and on my website, they can find out about sessions. And I am now activating. I, I just did an amazing class with some mentors the other night where I discovered how absolutely easy it is to translate most all of what I do in person online. And I just have so much confidence around that at, the, at this time now. Mm. So, um, and I do travel around the world. I have retreats and I do sessions in person. So online in person, um, check my YouTube channel and yeah. And my book, the intimacy adventure playbook, you can buy through my website, which will really just take you to Amazon. Um, and so I hope people get that. And especially in this time of quarantine, um, what better thing to do than to cultivate intimacy and learn better listening and um, touch skills and things like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Mm-hmm. All that you see good stuff. And you're working on a documentary film, right? Thank you. Yes. Um, it's called Circumcision. What did I, what am I called? Healing the Hidden Wounds. Sex, Thank Spirit, you. and Circumcision. Sounds Thank great. you. That's right. And um, yes, that's in the works. That is something that's an endeavor that I started and then discovered how much of a um, financial uh, endeavor it is, really. So it's to come. Some connections have actually happened here in in Costa Rica. So we will see. It's not out yet. Um, But my trailer is on the YouTube channel, Piazza Nikosif. So if anybody out there wanted to donate to this project and we can get this information out there um, even more where I'm interviewing other specialists who, who talk about, you know, trauma therapists, um, some really amazing individuals who share about, um, yeah, the consequences of circumcision. That's amazing. Thank you, Piazza. And Piazza is spelled P-Y-A-S-A for all of those folks out there. But you can look on our website for the links to access Piazza's work and website and uh, her book, all of those things. So, all right, Amy, do you have anything else you want to say to our listeners out there? Uh, mm, I love you. 
Yeah. yeah. She's like, no, not really. <laughs> You're awesome. I love you. You're beautiful. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise, because I don't agree with those other fools. You're amazing. That's perfect. And remember every, well, during quarantine for the COVID, we are uh, live on Instagram answering your sex questions every Friday. We are trying to give away lots of goodies. So depending on when you're listening to this, if it's 2020, hopefully we're not in quarantine anymore, but check us out on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram at Shameless Sex Podcast. And if you have a free minute, just give us five stars on iTunes. It just helps more folks receive access to beautiful information like Piazza's work and, and share with other people. And, and, you know, we love reading your reviews. We really do. We read all of them. And we love you. As Amy said, we adore you. And we will see you here next Tuesday and next Friday. And don't I did not forget Margin's wine. You knew it was coming. We are drinking it. I'm almost out. I'm panicked. I think Amy I have some bottles here for you. She has it at her house, but she's in quarantine and I am too, so I haven't seen her. And if you want to get your own, they do deliver. So go to marginswine.com. Check out why Amy and I love that wine so much. Hopefully she still has wine available. You got to go check it out. We will see you next Tuesday and next Friday. Ciao for now. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.